You're listening to Finn Too Deep. Through a back to throw, blitz coming, they get to him, oh, he picks off one, and he's in, touchdown Miami! With the sixth pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Miami Dolphins select Jalen Waddle, Giving you unfiltered, informed, and controversial takes on the Miami Dolphins and the NFL Draft. Here's Reason and Neil. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, as we dive fin too deep with your host, myself, Reason, and of course, to the, I guess, right of me, but left of me, Neil Driscoll. Neil, um, it's been a wild week as we basically are ramping up heading into the tampering period. It's been it's been real, real crazy. Moves are happening, guys going off the market being franchise tagged, but guys coming onto the market potentially being traded for or going to be outright released. Um, what a wild time leading up to the tampering window. We thought the fun was going to start next week, Neil, but it seems like we were sadly mistaken, my friend. Right. First, you know, congrats, man, to us. 25 episodes, right? Like, it's been a fun journey so far, man, the first of many, but uh, we hit that first milestone, so... Nothing but good stuff there. But now, yeah, man, you know, I, I think every year what happens is the franchise tag gets in the way. You know, there's this awesome free agency board and, you know, we see names tagged, Chris Godwin, Devontae Adams. But the cool thing about all of it is just the amount of talent that's still available after all of that. Right. And some recent releases like Bobby Wagner have, you know, made the free agency just as plentiful as it was before. So with the Dolphins right now, I think having second or third most cap space in the nfl uh with many moves to come to get more and more cap space coming you know releases restructures uh who knows maybe even some surprising trades uh but that you know the dolphins you know they're going to be aggressive they're poised to add a few good players to this team and you know we all know the names are being associated with it's so fun because i do it myself every time someone's cut i already think about like what would they look like in the aqua orange do they fit you know and like every yeah. time you know but the good news is i mean like you know we, we talked about this when the season ended if we can add three or four quality starters in free agency, let's go and be and then having a, a successful draft draft piggybacking off of that, you know that that's where you win. So yeah. I, I think that you know I'm really excited. It, it, this is my second favorite part of the year. My favorite's the NFL draft, but like the Dol- the Dolphins are good in free agency because they always got cap space. It feels like and. They're going to spend. Well, it's also our favorite time of the year because we're Dolphin fans and tis the season of hope. Right. The off season, right? This is our season. This is our regular season, right? This is where we can actually win or think we win. And then obviously never translates to enough wins on the field to where we've lifted a Lombardi uh, in recent decades. Um, So, all right. um, Before we do get into everything, though, um, you know, I know the draft's coming up, um, you know, and shout out to a watch mister for that donation. He just said, he said, Bobby Wagner to Miami season, um, you know, okay. So we talked about four potential starters, but now we're getting into the areas where guys could be pricing themselves out and, you know, the money we thought we could allocate to four could, you know, be allocated to five or six instead. It's all about being smart with your money because especially we you know talking about the draft the key thing about heading up to the draft is 
fill as many needs as you can in free agency so you can be flexible in the draft. You know, at 29, you could take a weapon. God forbid you could take a Brees Hall if you've plugged enough of your holes, right? You know, it's all about... I've been stressing it, you know, since I started my channel, you know, on our podcast, on my podcast with Richard Webb. It doesn't matter where. I always stress it. Executing properly in free agency allows you to be flexible in the draft, especially now we're in a defense where really, if you look at the holes, we're going to have edge rusher hole potentially with Ogba gone. We're going to obviously still have a need on an interior linebacker. And like I've been, you know, I've been telling everyone, uh, you know, I've been trying to, there, this is a pretty good edge class. We didn't all think we were going to have to be getting knee deep in the edge prospects, but we very well could be. And there's a lot of guys in the mid rounds, you know, me and you have talked about privately, et cetera, et cetera, that could, you know, be potential options here. But um, just in the draft, what do you want them to take care of most in free agency? to allow them to fill the needs, which needs you want in the draft. Well, well, they verbally have committed to Tua Tungvaloa, so I want to see them put it put it in action, right? So what I want to see them do, and, and not to ignore any of the holes on the defensive side of the ball, but I want to see them build the line and get another weapon. That's what I want to see most. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think that what what we got to figure out what we have at quarterback. Uh, if he's the franchise guy, you got to commit to building what he needs. And, Go out and get two linemen, get another receiver. So I want to see them do that. And then I want to see us in the draft have the flexibility to say, you know what, we don't have any really needs on the offensive side of the ball outside of running back. And we know we need an edge rusher and we know we need a linebacker. You know, we can find those guys. They're two really deep positions in the draft, right? You can in round the end of round three find guys like Shannon Tindall, Damone Clark, Leo Chanel that are instant starters on this team. So I, I think that he's talking about yeah. linebackers for all of you people. That yeah, for, for the linebackers. Yeah. And, and, the edge, and the edge, the edge group, class is sneaky good too, my friend. Right, you're right. So I, I think that you know, you know, I, I'll say this: I'm pretty confident the Emmanuel Agba ship has sailed in Miami. He's going to yeah. fight himself out. Yeah, yeah. So like you know, I want the splash free agency names in the offensive line. I want Tua to have an army, a wall in front of him, and I think that that's really necessary and it's paramount that. To get the most dangerous Jalen Waddle, you got to take some of the burden off of his shoulders, and you got to go get a guy who's just as dangerous opposite of him. And I know we all know it's like one of the most popular names out there is Allen Robinson, and I don't know what his price tag is going to be, but th there are other names out there that could be attractive. Um, you know, we were in Twitter Spaces before we jumped in here, right? Christian Kirk was a name that I haven't really heard, heard linked to the Dolphins. Shout but. out to my boy Martin, and you know who Martin is, Neil. We've done stuff with him. Yeah, from the, exactly. from the get go, that's one of the names he's actually talked about. And another name to talk about is DJ Shark. Right, for sure. Juju. Yeah, for sure. What if they circle back to Juju this love year? Juju. Yeah, love him. I, I love Juju because he fits that mold, and so does Christian Kirk of that tough guy who's won the block down the field. Uh, both uh, Christian Just Kirk. Don't be, don't be the team that overpays for like a guy like Cedric Wilson. That's all I'm asking. Yeah, I don't want that bro. either. I, I want someone who's established. So, and, yeah. and like people forget, Juju Smith's 26 years old. Been to a couple Pro Bowls. He's yeah. a physical slot guy. Yeah. Like he's a really, really good fit here. Um, yeah. and he won't, and, and he'll cost you eight to ten million dollars a year. Yeah. So yeah, I really but, wanted Michael Gallup. You know, seeing him get signed for that seven and a half million. Like, oh man, that seven and a half million was was right up the alley. Like, you know, that's why. You know, it, I don't. 
here's the thing. I don't want them to get into a bidding war for any players out here because it will take them out of the market for another player. What I mean by like is if you get in a bidding war for Taron Armstead, it's going to take you out of the market for Amari Cooper. If you're getting in a bidding war for Amari Cooper, Cooper, it's going to take you out of the market potentially for Taron Armstead. It's just going to drive the price up, right? So like, and, and the more we sit back and think about it, you know, because me and you, when we did our mock free agency last week on fin Too deep you know, we played with the money. And as much as Dolphins Twitter wants to sign every Pro Bowl and All Pro that hits the market, you can't do it. And we even did that with Restructuring X and Byron Jones and a bunch of cuts, right? Like over $20 million in cuts. And still, after you bring certain guys back, you know, the money becomes a little hard to play with. And I'm actually going to be doing a uh, mock um, free agency on Friday night on Finside the nice. NFL tomorrow night, just to uh, an updated one because ours has changed since last week with all the movement going on. Oh, absolutely. But, you know, but let's start, let's start off. Let's get into this. Um, and let's start off um, with the um, Amari Cooper situation being potentially watched closely. And let's play this clip from Cameron Wolf. Um, and not only is that, he's got a couple other people, a couple other names in there that me and you have been actually talking about for quite some time are mentioned in this. So let's play this clip and then let's talk about it. Ball in Miami fun again. That's the plan for this uh, offseason. They've doubled down, like you mentioned, on quarterback Tua Tungavailoa. And the plan has been how can we build the pieces around him to make that bottom third offense increase? And Jane just mentioned Amari Cooper. That's a name I'm told the Dolphins are watching closely. If he ends up being released, I expect them to be in the market for him. They do want another playmaker opposite Jalen Waddle and Mike Gesicki, who they just re-signed. Mike Gesicki is essentially a slot receiver in their offense, only playing 18% of his snaps from the tight end spot, lowest in the league. But they want to get as many weapons for Tua as possible. The top priority overall, however, is that offensive line. I'm expecting them to target multiple stars at the position, really from guard to tackle to center. And I'll give you a few names that I've heard to watch. Teron Armstead, he's a guy who's probably going to be a top tackle on the market. They're going to be interested in him. They won't be alone. Carolina, New Orleans, also interested in him. At guard, Lakin Tomlinson, a guy that Mike McDaniel, the new head coach, knows well from San Fran. And center, Ryan Jensen, a tough guy in the anchor. Those are three guys to watch for Miami as they try to rebuild that offensive line. So, all right, a lot to dissect there. Let's start right. at the top here, Neil. Let's start with the first name, okay? Because I actually do want to talk about Gasecki in this with you for a sec. So let's for start. Sure. Let's let's go chronologically in this. Amari Cooper. So they're reportedly watching the situation closely. Notice how he did make sure to say if he gets released, because I know you saw word on the street yesterday was the Cowboys are listening if you want to trade before the guaranteed money hits in on this $20 million deal, right? What are your thoughts on Amari Cooper? I think he's in shout out to Gilbert Martinez for the 999 donation. What do what, what do you what do you think about Amari Cooper? I mean, we both can probably agree he's one of the best route runners in the NFL. He adds a vertical threat we currently don't have. Um, you know, my thing is I would be comfortable with paying him 15 million. For sure. But if he hits the open market, Am I the only one who sees him getting like 18? 
Well, well, here, here's the beautiful thing. Like, you know, we all think, you know, the season, the league, the league year starts next week, but the, the NFL offseason really has started. Teams are already talking, the tampering's going on, you know, people aren't trying to get caught, but players yeah. that get released at this point can be signed to teams immediately, right? Yeah. Yep. And the Cowboys don't have a lot of leverage. They're, they're in yep. cap hell. They're restructuring everybody to bring back Dalton Schultz and sign Michael Gallup. They, they're not going to really get anything, I don't think, from in terms of draft capital for Amari Cooper. And, and when somebody of the caliber of Amari Cooper becomes available, the first thing I want to do is find the synergies. Where, where, where are the connections, right? We know that Tua never played with Amari Cooper, but that the Alabama football program has a special bond, especially with the yep. wide receivers, right? Jalen yep. Waddle and Amari Cooper are tight. Like, yep. you know, that that's one of his mentors. I don't think you could find a better fit for this offense than Amari Cooper. Um, and we need a receiver that has that size. Uh, you know, you and I both have talked about that. But the fact that he's such a lethal route runner, A legit X. We need a legit X receiver. Right? And he's a good, impactful receiver at all phases of the football field. Agreed. He's a savvy veteran that we need. Even a guy like Jalen Waddle, with, like a coach with Wes Welker, I mean, that is – a learning curve for Jalen Waddle that he, you know, he can kind of accelerate there. I, I love Amari Cooper so much. And the beauty of getting him in before free agency really kicks off is not only have you hit one of your priorities, which is getting a, a weapon outside of Waddle, but then you know more what your money looks like to go fix that offensive line and what other players you need to release and maybe where you need to do a restructure. You could actually fill a couple of your holes before the big money even catches. Cause I'm with you. You, you want to get the deal done before Tuesday or Wednesday, because look, there's a lot of teams that need wide receivers. Jacksonville has a Patriots. Lot of the Patriots need them. And, and Amari Cooper, you know, he is from the Miami area. Uh, I'm I, home from. Yep. Yeah. And we can say that about a lot of players, but like that stuff matters to some people. And, you know, Amari Cooper, getting him after getting released from Dallas, you're going to get a pissed off dude that wants to show that he's still the man. That is exactly what we need. Amari Cooper is the number one guy that I want in free agency. Just don't rock that 19. Yeah. I'm trying to see that 19 number. Let's find a new number, baby. What was, do you know what he was at Bama? Uh, I'll look it up. I'll look it up. I don't know. I, I, I want to see right if now. we have. Oh, he was, he was number nine. nine. He was nine. Yeah. So just knock him down to nine. Let's go. Yeah, who was that? Was that Mike Pilardi or something on our team? Pilardi, uh, get the hell out of here. Let's go. Yeah, Let's get Cooper in. He's leaving anyways because the matter Matariza train is arriving, my yeah, friend. But the no, left man, leg of God. God, man, if you if you think about this, and and because I because I think we agree that Parker's staying, right? Yeah, he is. And if we say that the four horsemen, money. Yeah, the four horsemen of our wide receiver core are Jalen Waddle, Amari Cooper. Devontae Parker and Lynn Bowden, and then you go find a guy in the fourth round of the draft to kind of even it out and go get Matt Collins back. And I you. want Lynn Bowden to be the number three. I want Devontae Parker to be leaned on like he's the number four. Like I don't want you to – well, yeah. not, not only just that, I want you to be preparing with those top three like he's not going to be a factor, like injury is going to take over at some point in the season. I don't want to be leaning on him whatsoever. Yeah, I, I want him to be treated like a number four. I, I want him – to be locked in, I want him to understand his role. That you got to earn your way back to three and earn your way back to one, to two, and then eventually to one. You got to earn that. That ain't yeah, being given to you right now. Look, if it, if it's if you say who's the top receiver available in free agency after all the tags, is it Allen Robinson? It's Amari. It's Amari and Allen Robinson. Well, yeah, I, I think Amari is just. I, I and I love Allen Robinson, and I would not be upset if he was. Oh, oh, I would bro. love. Him. I just think Amari Cooper. Devontae Parker sense. wishes he was Allen Robinson. Let's yeah. say that. No, and I, I got to say this. The quarterback situation was very bad in Chicago. 
the numbers this guy's put up with Bortles and Mr. Bisky is amazing. What do you think he could do with Tua, who let's call a spade a spade, has a higher ceiling than both those guys as a passer? Well, and, and and he's a Penn State guy too, so got a lot of love for him. Um, yeah. You know, I, I like Allen Robinson a lot. Like, but yeah. I I think that's actually that where they need to make the splash. Um, yeah. And I love the draft class. So the more I. and more I think about it, though, and the more and more I look at it, like Jameson Williams going to be there at twenty nine. I think, bro. God, if he was, I I would still draft him. <laughs> I'd still draft. I him. think that ACL tear is good. I don't think he's going to. You don't see a team because me and you were talking about like our boards. I think. Me and you had like 22 or 24 first round grades, like something like around in that area. So we got to think those teams out there must have something similar to that. So there's going to be 20 guys with first round grades ahead of them, probably that don't have that injury concern because you're probably not going to see them till like six to eight games into the season. Right. Yeah. And, and, and I like that's a like you stash him, like you would be signing Cooper and stashing Jameson. Yeah, and if you muddy the waters the right way, I mean, and you weather the storm the first half of the season, I mean, if you well, came no, and into- then Devonte leaves after this year, and Jameson steps in. Devonte leaves, and Jameson steps in now, and him and Bowden are your three and four sure. behind Waddle and Amari. Sure. Rock it out. Sure, but yeah, Amari Cooper, sign me up. That's that's the that's the guy I want more than anyone. Uh, and the whole I want Traylon. I would love to see Traylon in this offense, bro. Sure. I think Traylon and Drake are the one and two. I, everyone knows I'm a Drake London stand. You know that. I think those guys would be dynamic. But I think if Jameson didn't have the ACL injury, he'd be vying for two or one in my. Yeah, he he he's my one, and I don't I I got yeah, and you didn't even knock him down. That's big. Yeah, he's my one. How much you think of him, right? Yeah, I I like I have him just the hair behind what I had Jalen Waddle at last year. That's how good I think he is. So, um, I'm a big fan. Um, but yeah, like look, I love these Bama guys, man. Like I'm cool. Even Michi, I got Michi outside of my top five. Actually, he's like I got him at like eleven. Yeah, he's my. But that's. Yeah, but that's because I love. I keep telling people that's because there's ten guys before my. Everyone is like a hair above each other on my rankings. It's like, I lo- I-, I looked at my list. I think we were talking about this, right? I said there's like twelve guys, thirteen guys where I'd be really okay with them taking the at at some point in the draft. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, it- it's deep. I mean, and there's like guys that you could probably get in the fifth round, like a guy like Danny Gray from SMU who's fast yeah. as hell. I mean, there's just a lot of good receivers. I mean, yeah. I-, I I think whether they sign them. They're still going to get one in the draft at some point. Yeah. Um, all right. So the next part of that little clip was talking about Kaseki. And I want to ask you about the franchise quick, Ted Quick, because me and you had a little conversation. There's in, some information passed amongst us. Um, you want to talk about that for yeah, a second? Yeah, sure, man. A hundred percent. You know, I, I was definitely told kind of off the record that the Kaseki um, situation is going to get interesting because he does plan to file a grievance. Uh, because it's a difference of $8 million a year to get the wide receiver tag versus the tight end tag. And, you know, you can't blame the guy because of the statistics of where he lined actually supports his argument. I, I, to be honest, I don't think he'll win the grievance. Um, I hope that it doesn't cause bad blood or friction because I, I think Mike Kosicki at $10.9 a year is actually a really good bargain uh, with yeah. the franchise tag. But, um, you know, I, I was kind of told that d- don't get too settled in, that there's still room for a divorce to happen there. Um, and that if he for somehow did get his wish in the grievance and got the 18 million, that the Dolphins would either rescind the tag or trade him. Yeah. And I keep telling people it's not about getting that $18 million tag. It's about getting out of the tight end tag because he knows he can make 13 or 14 million 
on the open market, right? And it's about yep. getting paid and taking care of that guaranteed money. And we know they hate playing on these franchise takes. Shout out to homie EM Dolphin fan. He says, salute, gentlemen. Salute to you, EM. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, uh, you know, I was trying to prep my viewers and everyone on even Twitter that the grievance is at Gates because – and everyone came, Neil. I know you saw it with the Jimmy Graham stuff, but if you look at Jimmy Graham – 67% of his overall snaps were in the slaughter on the boundary. Gaseki 85% of his overall snap. And guess what? In passing situations, only in line 7.4%. Did you see that that stat out there? Cooper Cup played in line in more tight formations this year. He played at like 22% compared to 17% for Mike Gusecki. Cooper Cup, bro. Yeah, I, I, if he gets the $18 million, I'm out on Mike Gusecki oh. completely, uh, without question. And I'm buying Amari Cooper. Hello. Yeah, I, I, and I like Mike Gusecki. I think this is a prove-it year for Mike Gusecki. I, I have seen him flirt with being a elite pass catcher as a tight end. But we know there's limitations there. I I think that the Dolphins are wise by tagging him because he hasn't earned that contract yet. Yeah, if they were I committed agree. to him, if they were committed to him, they'd be paying him 14 million dollars a year on a five year deal right now. Yeah. They 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 want to see more too. And you know, look, I, I'll be honest. I have no idea which way it's going to go. I just have a funny feeling though that actually that that because it's the Dolphins. It's going to be the outlier where Mike Kosicki might actually get his way because 85 percent <laughs> yeah, is a big number, right, man? When it I got is, an eighty-five cent, eighty-five percent on a test, man, I was pretty happy, right? So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if he gets eighty-five percent of his snaps on the outside. I mean, and if he wins that grievance. Like the Dolphins either have to trade him with the tag, or they or have give to, him what he wants, or give him what he or wants, rescind, or they have to completely yeah. rescind and let him hit free agency. And, and the thing that sucks about losing Agba and Gesicki this offseason for nothing, is that they're not going to get any comp compensatory picks because they're going to spend. Like, if this was a year where the Dolphins didn't have a lot of cap and Gesicki and Agba walk, next year you're getting two additional third round picks. But we're, if we go out and sign a Taron Arson, now here's one thing that's really cool, reason is that if they signed Amari Cooper because he was released, he does not count against their comp com com ah, compensatory pick formula. And neither okay, would Bobby Wagner. Well, that's good. So, so like that, that's another reason why signing those players is very interesting because you could spend a lot of money and not hurt your chances. But like, I don't want them to be and trading for Lyle Collins wouldn't hurt that either, bro. Well, like, think about this, right? We know what their cap space is. So, say it's in a perfect world, they trade for Lyle Collins and they sign Amari Cooper and Bobby Wagner. Like, I'm just saying this, and I know yeah. that everyone's probably getting excited. I'm just making a point. The fact that they could get those three players and it would have zero impact on their compensatory pick formula for next year, which is pretty amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, the last part of that clip. Two guys, me and you have been, well, one guy especially. But Taron Armstead, we've been talking about for quite some time. But Ryan Jensen, me and you have oh. been talking about. We've done 25 episodes. How many of those episodes we talked about Ryan Jensen? At, at least one point, the last right? eight or nine, right? For real. Well, no, bro. We're talking like we're going back 12 through all season. We were like, yo, we need this guy, right? And yeah, well, if you remember this, Ryan Jensen was on the Baltimore Ravens when Kiko Alonso took that cheap shot at Joe Flacco. I was there at the game with my wife. And Ndamukong Sue came over to lay down the fight. And he legitimately threw Ryan Jensen around like, like he was nothing. And I was shocked because I, I knew Sue was a machine and monster. 
But then Jensen left Baltimore, went to Tampa Bay, and he's elevated himself to be probably a top three center in football right now, no matter how you slice it. I, I don't know. Did he win the All-Pro this year? If not, I know he was like the runner-up. Ooh, but like I, I, Ryan Jensen's a guy, you know, all, all three of those guys would be welcome additions to our team. I think it's likely we're definitely going to get one of the three. I have a feeling we're going to get two James of the Daniels. Three. We're going to get James Daniels. I got a feeling that's who's coming here. Yeah, he's been he's been around. We've talked about him on a lot of episodes, but see, like Ryan Jensen is, is a guy that has he plays with the mean streak up front. He's nasty. Um, you know, I, I think you, high, you, IQ. high IQ, and I don't know if you looked into Tampa. I was because I was watching a lot of the film because I was chopping up for like Fournette and stuff this year, right on my uh, big board, uh, my big board video for free agent targets. And they actually started implementing, they ran like 22% of their runs were outside zone this year. Like they actually started implementing more outside zone concepts this year. So he's played in a system where, yes, they play a lot of gap, but they play quite a bit of zone and they implemented outside zone heavily this year. So it would be some comfortability for him there too. Well, when you think of longevity, I think Lake and Tomlinson probably has the largest window of good football left in him. I mean, he's a young guy. Things started off slowly for him in Detroit. Play, you know, obviously he was a pro bowler last year. Uh, familiar James Daniels was like 24, though. Who is it? Oh, James, James Daniels. Daniels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was talking about those big three we just mentioned. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. James no, Lakin, yeah, yeah. Isn't he like 29, right? He's like 28 or 29. I mean, it just depends on how you want to spend the money. But, you know, I, I, I have injury concerns about Taron Armstead. But with that said, obviously, yeah. when healthy – He's ridiculous. There's not five left tackles in football better than him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's ridiculous. He's ridiculous. He he's nasty. he's a dominant run blocker. Um, yeah, he's I mean, a great pass blocker. People, me and EM actually, he's in the comments. We we're talking about say people actually underrate how athletic he is. The guy's oh. a borderline freak, right? I said yeah. it in my big board that I call them freakishly athletic. Like people forget about that aspect, and he's never had a season where he's allowed more than four sacks in a season. Well, one thing I want to keep in mind, another guy that I think it was Barry Jackson kind of alluded to, and we've talked about this guy too, reason, was Brian Allen from the Rams at center. Um, he's a guy that he's – I was on my mock free agency last week, remember? Yep, yep. Yeah, I, I think – I don't know how Barry said it, but it was one of the things that, like, he's on the radar kind he of makes Because he makes sense. He's played in the zone – in the zone – in the outside zone blocking scheme. And if you look, you know, comes from McVay, and he's young. He's super young right now, and you could probably get him for a good price, like six, seven million a year. That's yeah, why you know, I had him on there. I'll say this: one year, like I like going youthful too. But the yeah. the reason I like guys like Cooper and Armstead and these guys that are a little older is because I think this team needs some of that veteran leader. Yeah, especially on the offensive line, bro. Right. Like, like, so I'm okay drafting a guy who's 28, 29, 30 this year, where you know maybe they only have three or five. We all know this: the salary cap is a myth, right? You know. Yeah. It, it's all about the guaranteed money. So the Dolphins do as good of a job as anyone in football at front-loading contracts. So you pay the guaranteed money up front, and then you can cut them with little penalty at the end. So, like, you know, when you sign these deals, I don't care if it's a five-year or four-year contract. A lot of these GMs and these front offices are thinking about two or three years down the road. What's my angle of getting out of this deal? So, like, the big money that we see on the screen, like five years, $200 million, all that stuff doesn't matter. It's really that guaranteed money where you want to focus. Um, and, like, you know, we know, I mean, we, we've seen a crazy week with Russell Wilson getting traded to the Broncos, Carson Wentz to the Commanders. Um, we have what uh, 
Um, Aaron Rodgers getting 100, what, 48 million guaranteed. Um, if and now, they, did you see Minnesota's open to trading a bunch of people, including like Dalvin Cook and Adam Thielen right now? Yeah. Well, and one little, little tidbit that I'll share again also is that if things go well tomorrow, before the start of free agency, free agency, Carolina Panthers are going to have a new quarterback too. I think they already have the parameters of the deal done for Deshaun Watson. If he gets good news, bro, I've, I, you have been, we've done so many shows together and we've had so many. Have I not been saying Carolina the whole freaking time? Yeah, you have. I've, I've been dug in that don't sleep. Don't well, sleep. I, I think them and the Dolphins were the two teams. Oh, and- yeah. But I knew they were going to stick it out. We weren't going to stick it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so, like, look, that's a big move for them. But, like, that's why, man, like, I, the other night I, I've been working on my mock draft. I put so many hours into that bad boy. Russell Wilson gets traded. The Skins get, or what, the Commander, sorry about that, get Carson Wentz. Khalil Mack gets traded. It's all for nothing. I, You know, can't can't do a mock until the first couple weeks of free agency are done. Bro, the Commander should still take Sam Howell in the second. Yeah, oh, my God. My, my, my – uh, Buddy at work is a Commanders fan, and he was not happy about what the a terrible name. Yeah, could have gone, could have gone Red Wolves, could have done. And I actually watched a documentary on YouTube about how Native Americans are actually approved and voted on the Redskins name and all this kind of jazz, and how like they actually don't find it offensive. But that 2021 cancel culture, right? Twenty twenty. Yeah, you got, yeah, you got, you got, you wear your scars, man. What, what, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. So, like, yeah. hey, I, I, but I hear you, man. It's, it's nuts. I mean, I just was talking to someone the other day, and I just realized that it's not going to be the Cle- Cleveland Indians in baseball this year. Yeah, I know like, it's ridiculous. Wow. Um, okay, so, um, according to Schultz report on Twitter, um. Yeah. A massive market is developing for former Seahawks All-Pro linebacker Bobby Wagner, sources say. Dolphins, Ravens, Chargers, Broncos, and Rams, and Cardinals, Niners, and Cowboys. Uh, Dan Quinn loves them, but they're short on catch. Are all, quote-unquote, very interested in Bobby Wagner. So, again, obviously a robust market. Um, I know when we were talking about Cam Wolf, we, when we were listening to this space today, he actually talked about Bobby Wagner. And he said there was some real interest. Um, what were your, uh, you know, obviously Bobby Wagner would change the dynamic of this defense. And dude, I mean, you look at this guy. I mean, I don't care if he's 31, Neil. I mean, we're talking about a guy who's coming off of a fantastic, fantastic season. I think he had, uh, what, he had like a hundred and. 18 tackles this year and 48 assists, I mean, you know? I, I mean, man, like, it, it, it's crazy. Uh, Bobby Wagner, to me, is the uh, – I'm thinking, because I know there's Patrick Willis and Luke Kuechly. I, I think Bobby Wagner is the best linebacker since Ray Lewis um, in the NFL. Uh, I, I think he's a young 31. I think he has four or five I really agree. good years of football ahead of him. I have no idea what the price tag for him is, but I will say this, just like I said about Amari Cooper, the beauty here is that it doesn't hit your compensatory formula. You can spend before free agency starts to know where you stand. And if you tell me what I think the Dolphins' biggest need on defense is, I don't even care about Agua leaving. I still think that I have faith in Jalen Phillips taking the next step and, and Van Ginkle holding down the fort. I think their middle linebacker position has hurt this team as much as the offensive line. And, and that's, you know, I'm not here to rip a Landon Roberts, the guy's a warrior. 
Um, but Bobby Wagner would bring a veteran leadership to this defense. Oh, it's not even close between Rob. You're not ripping anyone. You're just telling what it is. Bro. I mean, Bobby Wagner, I, I like, so if Mario Cooper's the guy I want most, Bobby Wagner's the guy I want second most. And like, we're not even talking offensive line and, and, and it's a knee jerk reaction for me, but I, I just know how good this guy would be in our defense. Like, I just know like our, as, as good as our defense has been with turnovers and stuff like that. Like Bobby Wagner is a leader. He's a champion. I, I like EM saying that championship pedigree there. I mean, like you're, you're talking about a guy who is a total pro. And, and you know, Bevel's gonna, you know, Bevel's gonna say, go get that guy. Oh, I mean, and it, like, again, like you can do this tomorrow. You can go sign this guy today. Like you, you don't have to wait. Like, I don't know if he's interested in the Dolphins. I find it very interesting, though, also. Just not even – I don't know Jordan Schultz well. I've seen him with this blue check mark and all that good stuff. Look at the order he put the words. The things that first thing that came to mind, the first team that came to his mind was the Dolphins, Dolphins. right? Yeah. So, I, you know, I don't know how plugged in he is. But but Bobby Wagner, man, is a hell of a football player. Oh, man, he would transform our defense overnight. And like Ian said, championship pedigree, but in the sense of – He's, you know, our defense, he's going to show them what it takes to take that next step. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, he, he's the one who can help guys like X and Byron Jones. We'll get into that in a sec. Take his game to a, their, a next level, a championship type of level, man. Um, you what know. does he cost? I'm trying to look this up real quick. What does he hit on the open market, like, per year? Is he – I'm just going to write highest paid – Linebacker in football. I'm, I, I need to figure this out because if this guy is cost Darius Leonard, okay, Darius Leonard, makes, he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna cost between fourteen to sixteen million a year. Yeah, I mean, and that, so like you know, if you want a guy like Bobby Wagner, you're almost saying like, hey, we're only gonna sign one offensive lineman and have to get that other guy with pick twenty nine. Like that's a dangerous gamble. Now the way I look at it is at pick twenty nine. The likelihood that Zion Johnson, Kenyon Green, or Tyler Linderbaum will be there is probably high that one of those three guys will be there. So, which like, one are you taking out of Green, Linderbaum, or Zion? I mean, dude, I, I don't care about his weight. I think Tyler Linderbaum all is, day, baby. It's a top ten player all day. I agree, yeah, I, and I and you know I love Kenyon Green and Zion Johnson, but yeah. I, I think Tyler Linderbaum's the best player at his position by a mile. By the largest mile, the only other position that has that kind of gap is probably safety with Kyle Hamilton. But I don't know, man, because there's a lot of people that love Daxon Hill at Michigan. Yeah. So I, 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 I got I, Daxon in my top 50 players. A Tyler Linderbaum might is light, you know, meaning he's what 285 pounds, but like the dude is dominant. And yeah. for him being light, go go Google the YouTube the video where. He throws Tristan Wirfs around in their high school wrestling match, and Tristan Wirfs is a fucking know, tough guy. monster, right? Um, so I mean, we're very interested in Bobby Wagner, but I I agree with you 100. You know, you got to be careful in terms of we're getting into heavy cap guys. You know, this is what happens you start paying superstars, right? You remember when you got your first job and you got your first paycheck and you already had bought like a video game and like all the snacks and shit. And then you looked at your, you're like, Where, what happened to all my money? Like, that's how fast it goes here in free agency. If you don't, if you're not wise, like, mm -hmm. so like th these guys know their cap and like, you know, look, we're doing a, a, a show tonight where, you know, we're, we're talking about fits for the dolphins and where we're interested. Of course, we're going to be interested in top line players. Do you like Jordan Hicks for maybe a bit cheaper? 
Yeah, I mean Jordan Hicks is another guy. There's Devondre Campbell. You know, he, he hasn't had He's the uh, expensive. He hasn't had the consistency of the other ones, but like you know, what about I, my boy uh, Foye Aluakin from uh, Atlanta? Right? Yeah, I like him too. He's what? He's two, young. He's a yeah. little white, but you know, he hey, I, like like uh, like, and then again, we we can always go to the draft, right? Yeah, like. Devin Lloyd didn't test great. I still don't think he's there at 29, but I do think Nicobe Dean's going to be there. And again, Nicobe Dean's on my top 10 picks, uh, top 10 players on my draft board. Uh, I don't, I know he's 235 soaking wet, but the dude has a magnet to the football. And I, I am a big, big fan. And I 100% think like the draft board at 29, based off the Dolphins' need, falls really, really well. Like yeah. throw on the draft network. That's my favorite draft simulator out there. Kyle. Crabs, Joe Marino, they do a good job. Just go to the pick 29 and look at the and got rid of all the guys that were actually taking care of their draft simulator. And now it's yo, you know who does a really good one too? Shout out to the homie Ryan Roberts, Rise and Draft. They have a I haven't used it. I'll check it out. I, I like to mess around and see them. Um, but yeah, like you go do because it. it's all about player rankings. That's what it essentially comes down to. Who ranks players the best? Because does draft network don't you have stuff to pay to trade? I don't know, man, because I don't I don't do the trades because it's too hard for me to predict. Yeah. But no, I like I, I like I like the draft network, and, and the reason I do is because I, I I tend to go where I I trust the rankings, right? And you know, I, like when it comes to the draft guys, like look, I, I I'm a big guy. I still like Hyper and McShay. Uh, I like Matt Miller at ESPN. Um, and then you know when it comes to the guys that are on Twitter that we talk to, I, I'm a big fan of Kyle and Joe. They're good dudes. Kyle's a fellow Finns fan. Uh, I've had great conversations with him. Uh, I just think they do a really good job scouting. And when they put their boards up, like when I hear Kyle talk about the Dolphins, there's a lot of harmony between what I think and what he thinks. And and that's why you know I, I tend to gravitate to the people that think like me. So when their board falls, but like the other, I did it last night, and Drake London was on the board. And if that's the case. I mean, you run to the podium, right? Shout out to South Florida. Don said, thank you for a great show, guys. Oh, awesome. Um, okay, so moving on from Bobby, um, an interesting report that came out today, bro, and my, I like jumped out of my seat. And I can't believe people out here were trying to argue me when I called him Premier still. Um, Ian Rappaport said, the Cowboys are having active trade conversations centered around starting offensive tackle. Lyle Collins, sources say, a mainstay since 2015. Collins is due $10 million this coming year, and there is interest from other teams. My God, Neil, I hope for another team. I talked about it on Twitter today. I remember when we were courting him as a UDFA because I believe he had legal issues coming out of LSU regarding uh, something with a shooting and his uh, pregnant girlfriend at the time, yep. and he ended up being like cleared of all of it, but... Um, and and you looked up. We remembered we sent a player down, but we didn't remember who. You looked up the player. It was what Kelvin Shepard. You said yeah, the linebacker that I think we got from Buffalo, and it was Jarvis Landry, and then another dude named Anthony Johnson, who I don't remember from. Bro, I was heartbroken when we lost out of that because for the price he was going to get as a UDFA, that guy was an absolute steal, first round talent, top fifteen pick. He's been a stud. He's a top five right tackle in the NFL right now. He's due to only make about ten million this year. Neil, um, what are your uh, look at signing? A running back to that big money. Look at the ripple effect it's had on this team, right? What What are your uh, what What like? I honestly think. Can I be honest with you? The reason why I brought this up is I got to ask the question: Who's a bigger priority to you now, Taron Armstead, who could cost twenty north of twenty million a year, or Lyle Collins, who takes care of the blind side and protects 
Tua at about only $10 million a year and is a top five out of position. Yeah, I mean, look, it, when the, the most important position on the Dolphins' offensive line when you look at the rebuild here of the line is right tackle. And when you look at the free agent market, like Trent Brown's been a good player, but he has injury concerns that scare me. Morgan Moses is a good, reliable player. Uh, I don't know if the Dolphins are going to kick kick that the bucket that way. Uh, in the draft, it's it's not a great right tackle. Daniel Falele has has some upside for Minnesota, but he's a little raw. He's got awesome size and power, but I will not hear Abraham Lucas slam. No, I was going to say Abraham <laughs> Lucas. Abraham Lucas is probably pro, Lucas is probably pro ready right yeah. now. But Lel, Lel Collins is another is a guy that you know we were there on, in 2015. I think we were the team that was in the running that lost to Dallas to get him. But I mean, he's an instant plug and play Pro Bowl level right tackle at 10 million dollars a year. And again, I, I keep repeating myself to these things because I think they're so important. Does not interrupt your compensatory pick formula. And it's interesting that him and Amari Cooper are both Dallas Cowboys and have to shake free because of the cap. I wonder if there is a way to maybe have a trade that you work out prior to the draft. Like I, you're not going to give up a first, second, or third rounder, I don't believe. Um, but maybe there is something that you can do to bring these guys in. Because again, the Dolphins sit at what, like whoever you look at about 52 to 54 million in cap space. I believe that when they make releases and restructures, they're going to be right around 75 million. Which we think should be happening this weekend. Yeah. We'll we'll hit on some of those cuts in a little bit here. But if you think about this, Amari Cooper, 15 million, right? Fair. Yep. Bobby Wagner, 15 million worst case scenario. Say fair. Yeah. Probably high, but fair 30. And Lel Collins is 40. You could do that and still have $35 million in cap space. So you could go do that and then go get Lakin Tomlinson and then take $25 million to the draft, sign your draft class for about 10 and have $15 million in cap space. So like you could go do this and really put yourself in a good position. You know, if you listen to this right now, you're probably like, oh God, Neil and Reason are trying to get us to get everyone. We know that you can't get every player we're talking about. But when we talk about them being a fit on our team and them being available, when you look at the price and the value of this, Lel Collins might be the best target for us because of that. I mean, $10 million for a Pro Bowl right tackle at his level is an absolute steal in today's NFL. No, I agree 110%. Um, So, all right, you wanted to – I know you want to get into a couple of the cuts here, but – and before we do, an interesting little thing to talk about. <clears throat> Remember last week I hit you up and I said I was hearing some interesting things about J.C. Jackson. And I let you know actually on Thursday when I got hit up. And then on Friday, I put it up on my Patreon. Um, This whole dynamic right now, Byron Jones now, clearly his agent was at play and they opted for surgery right. to guarantee his money. He was only guaranteed, what, $8 million? Or six millions, eight million, six right? Million. Yep, and six now million? the injury guarantees him an extra eight. Yeah, so now he's yeah over fourteen, 14 million millions guaranteed of his seventeen and a half million or whatever. Um, and there were obviously we've you know multiple people have talked about it since Indy that there's been whispers about him being floated around in uh, trade rumors and such. Um, you know, how do you think this plays out right now? Clearly, they are interested in J.C. Jackson, X. You know. They haven't made a ton of progress in a new contract there. Um, do you think they're going to be able to move Byron Jones in his contract at all right now? Because no. when JC resets the market, Byron's going to be, you know, 16 million isn't 
bad compared to 20 some they're gonna have to give them away if they want to trade them and if they trade them they get 10.2 million dollars in cap savings so it's actually the best scenario in terms of cap savings is to trade them but i i don't even know if you're going to get a fifth round pick for him because of the injury in his age when you like so like the way i think like the jc jackson things and and xavier howard i i just think that's just too much of a pipe dream i think the way jc jackson comes here is that the Dolphins can't figure it out with Xavier Howard. And, and I know that's what you've been reporting, and I think you've been right when that Jabroni Ben Volen or Volen or however you say his last name has been wrong, um, you know, because there's no way that the Dolphins are going to get the value they'll get for Byron Jones. And I'm not saying to do this, but they could probably get a second-round pick all day for Xavier Howard right now. And um, if they did that and freed up about $11 million in cap space and then they got a younger guy who's what, four or five years younger than J.C. Jackson, he's a – He's a Terp, my alma mater, so I, I love J.C. Jackson. Don't like him bad mouth on our quarterback, though. Better watch that. But at the end of the day, the only way J.C. Jackson's coming here is if the Dolphins plan to move Byron Jones to safety. Um, which they're not going to. Yeah. yeah, which they're not going to. I mean, unfortunately, the injury of Byron Jones is actually what's really concerning me right now. Um, you know, he, he's approaching 30 years old. It's a, not a tear, but it was an Achilles injury. Um, I, I, I'm they said little... it was like a cleanup, right? Yeah, it was a Clear, cleanup. Clearly, clearly, Byron was just getting paid, bro. He's like, cut me open, dude. I mean, look, dude, right <laughs> now, come cut me open for $8 million. I'll take it, right? I got this razor blade right here. Cut me up and it's $8 million. But I, I, <laughs> I don't think JC Jackson's coming to Miami. Um, I think yeah. it's going to be X and Byron Jones. I would love it. I, I just don't think it's going to happen. Um, and, and look, I love Xavier Howard. Um, I think the Dolphins owe him a couple bucks, throw him a couple shells. And, you know, I think it's three or $4 million that get him where he wants to go. So uh, I think they should do it. it. It sounds like they haven't progressed really well on those negotiations yet, which is kind of concerning because I think that's something you want to get wrapped up here before the league year begins too, because if you do get yourself in a position where it's, it's not a, a marriage that's going to work, Mm-hmm. You want to be able to replace him with a JC Jackson. Yeah. And, I and I think that you got to figure that out. I think you got to figure that out in the next couple of days. I think that and what cuts you're going to make have to be done by Saturday because you can start these discussions officially on what Sunday day. You, you can start talking Monday. About, Monday's the legal tampering. So it was midnight, right? Midnight Sunday. So yeah. So like you like those deals come fast and furious, right? So I, I think that, you know. It's going to be a really interesting dynamic to see over the next couple of days, but it's clear to me that the Dolphins have soured on Byron Jones. Um, you blow I, I, that's what I took out of the story is that they, uh, I think it was Cameron Wolf today said that there was discussions of the Dolphins looking to trade him, that there was actually teams interested, but this cleanup, um, that this procedure that he had done has erased that. And it's going to be hard pressed for the Dolphins to find someone to come to the dance and, and make that trade now. So, We'll see what happens, but it's an interesting dynamic. I mean, J.C. Jackson is my number one ranked free agent right now, so he, keep an eye out on him. I don't know where he'll go. Um, you know, the team I hope doesn't get him is the Jets or the or oh. the Patriots retaining him. Why you got to do that to me, man? Oh, oh, oh. Um, all right, so let's talk about it then. Um, obviously, everyone wants to know what the first big domino in free agency to fall for Miami is going to be. But before we talk about who we think the first big free agency domino is going to be, let's talk about those cuts for a sec. So we can agree. We're going to cut Jesse Davis for about 3.6 million on Fedulum for about 2.775. Yep. Out 2.8. Mm-hmm. 
Rowe, four and a half. I'm I, and people don't like this. I, I like Eric Rowe. I think it's Brandon. So do I, but I want the money. Yeah, it's Brandon Jones' position. I can't yeah. pay a third safety four point seven million dollars yeah, a year. Yeah, yeah. Alan Hearns, two and a half. Gone. Bye. Gone. Seathan Carter, two point two five. Gone. Uh, Greg Little, one point five three. Yeah, gone. Adam Panky at eight hundred ninety five thousand dollars. No chance of making the team. Adam Butler, four point one million. And it's in a popular one, but for a rotational defensive tackle, I mean, when you can go and, and fix your offense, you need money. Uh, I like Adam Butler a lot. He's the guy I want to cut least of this list. But I think you can get a guy in the so fifth round. You know, I think you're, he's a guy you get in the fifth round. And, and like, I, I think Raekwon's going to take a step. I like Wilkins. They, they seem committed to get, keeping Wilkins here. Uh, they're already going to give him the fifth-year option, it sounds like. Um, I, I think our Zach Siler we have for this year and next year, under contract, you know, I think that that 4.8, you know, you got to think about this. Cutting Eric Rowe and Adam Butler is what it costs to get you Lakin Tomlinson. So backups on your defense that are that are contributors, not just not just backups. So I want to be fair, that are contributors. But then you get an all-pro starting left guard. So all those guys are gone for me. So that clears up about twenty-two million right there. Right, and, and and you don't have to restructure anyone's deals because I do think when they agree to a new deal with Xavier Howard, the likelihood is that it's going to free eight to ten million dollars because they're going to move the money uh, for, to guaranteed up front in the bonus. Yeah, if you if you restructure him, you get ten point one million X. Right. Right. My so question they, is, does Byron Jones with his money being guaranteed now? How does the post June first trade work? Because if you were to post June first trade him. You were actually going to get fourteen point three seven five million in cap space. Yeah, I don't. Does that change I, with the guarantee now? I don't know. Over the cap hasn't updated it yet. Now I still believe they can restructure him and move his bonuses, but that still that's like committing to him. If you restructure him, you can get about nine point one million. But if you were to be able to post June first trade him, and you do the X, that's twenty four. Almost twenty four and a half million between the two of them. If you figure that out, I don't think anything's going to happen with them. I think they're going to keep him at the contract he is, and I think this is probably going to be. Got to see how that works. I gotta, I got because I was looking at uh, his contract before the surgery came out, and the post June uh, June first trade, he was a fourteen point three seven five million dollar cap saving. Yeah, and and here's another thing. Like so, so cornerback. Obviously, we're not going to put any faith in No Egbenogany because you don't have to be cap compliant until the beginning of the new seat until until what week one, right? No, 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 no. It, it, it's the new league year. Um, all the teams that are over the cap have to get under the cap by the no, new no. no. So once the no, no, no. What I'm talking about is after free agency happens. Like, do you have to be cap compliant your right top, away? Your top fifty one has to be under the NFL salary cap, if I'm not gotcha. mistaken. Gotcha. So I think by the time the new league year starts, which is Tuesday officially, every team has to be under the NFL salary cap. If you were to no, listen, if that June, if that post June first trade still stays in place, the cap 14.375 million and X with this restructure, 10.1 million between that and the cuts we just made, dude, 40 you, million. Uh, you would open up forty six million, about forty six and a half million dollars. Yeah, yeah. And the cap and, and the cap's going to go up significantly next year. I, I've heard it's going to go up another fifteen million next year. And what you sign Needham for five? Well, and that, you, I'm glad you mentioned it. I think Nick Needham is the most important domino of this offseason. If Byron Jones is hurt, and think about this: 
The cost of Nick Needham on a second-year tender is the same as releasing Eric Rowe or Adam Butler. So that's right. what makes my our point to release those guys even more transparent and makes more val validated because I, Nick Needham is going to be – he's our nickel starting corner right now as it stands. And if Byron Jones has any lingering issues, I feel comfortable with him starting on the outside. I, 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 I think agree. Got, I think you got to get Nick Needham back now. Yeah, I agree 110%. Did you bring Hollins back? Because I bring him back. Oh, I mean, what's one year, two million dollars for sure? Why not? Okay. Uh, would you bring back Smythe now that we've cut Stephen Carter? You got no, Hunter Long, no. Shaheen, and Gasecki. If you now I, I, I like Durham Smythe, but I'm going to let Hunter Long be that guy. Okay, so what if you got to rescind your tag on Gasecki? Then do you sign then, Smythe then that, for four then, million? Yeah, then for sure. Then I'm then I'm going Smythe. Okay, so, um, all right. So in this in this case, does does Gasecki get his grievance or no? I think Gasicki's going to be a dolphin. Okay, so let's give him eleven million. Let's give Needham what five million, and it's then four. it's 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 four point two or something. Oh, Needham's contract? Yeah, if he's a second year tender. Yeah, I think it's actually it's three point nine. I think it's like okay. four. Okay, so let's go fifteen million between the two of them, and then seventeen with Hollins. So out of the forty nine million we created, we're down to forty two, and our current cap right now is forty. It's fifty-four million. Fifty-four, yep. So that would take us to ninety-six, right? So that's a lot of money to play with. Well, that's what I'm saying. Uh, the Dolphins, like people say, it's crazy to think they could go get three top-tier players, but it's really not. No, it's, it's not. Re it's really not. And uh, you know, I know people are asking, did Gesicki file his grievance? I don't expect it anytime until he gets back from his honeymoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He um, so let's talk about now, everyone. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. He and drink and sipping pina coladas, bro. Right? Yeah, he ain't worried uh, about. <laughs> he's a millionaire either way it comes. Yeah, bro. You know he, his money, right? Um, okay, so who do we think the big, the big first domino in terms of free agent is going to be? So we're not including, you know, trading for, um, Lyle Collins right now or trading for Amari Cooper, but we can have Amari Cooper as a release option. Right. Well, uh, Lyle's clearly going to be a trade option, not a release option. So The, the first domino I think is going to fall, I, I actually think the Dolphins are going to be one of the first teams to pull a major move, and I think it's going to be Taron Armstead. Um, we know how bad their offensive line was. It, it's not just in the Dolphins community. It, it's in the national discussion how bad it is. Um, t people feel sorry for Tua, actually, in NFL circles, you know, when you hear them discuss it and they need to bring some credibility to that line and if you can add a guy i mean this guy's a, a top five offensive lineman in football i mean i know he battles some injuries but i i just think that they're going to give him that 20 million dollar price tag if he i know that there's rumors that he wants more we'll see what happens it has to be a market you know the jags were a big player for him but they franchise tag cam robinson yeah um, right so carolina yeah, obviously wants him to pair him with moton but we, but they, when they trade for Deshaun Watson this weekend, they're not going to have any cap space anyway, right? Like, let's yeah. be honest. The Dolphins have the most. Well, you know they're going to send McCaffrey back. Yeah, uh, it could happen. But I, I, I just think that this makes too much sense. The Dolphins are obviously interested. And Mike McDaniel saw firsthand what getting an elite tackle just did for his offense in San Francisco when they got Trent Williams, right? Like, getting Taron Armstead there. The only thing that is, like, just the only like if I have to think some one thing negative about it is the fact that two is lefty. It kind of sucks that he's a left tackle, but 
I don't care, man, because like we need to fix the line. It wasn't like Liam Eichenberg or Austin Jackson played good football either, right? Like they were just as bad as Jesse Davis for a And you need some team. kind of stability, you know what I right. mean? Yeah. And, and I think I think that if, if you go into the season with Austin Jackson as your left guard, playing next to a guy like Taron Armstead makes him a better football player. I hope Austin Jackson's not the left yeah. guard. Well, I think so here I up on him, man. I don't think I, I think there's gonna be one. I no, I don't think they are aren't going to, but I see him being more in a swing tackle role this year yeah. than actually being a starter. So I think the first domino is gonna fall for them is actually gonna be Ryan Jensen because I think Taron Armstead's gonna price himself out. Okay. Um I think it's not it's a bad signing, right? And and the reason why I think too is because they know how crucial having that center to to their system is and they're going to walk in and they're going to be like, Dieter's not that guy. Well, look, like, I think we give Dieter the benefit of the doubt because he's actually an adequate football player. But, like, he's not a solution. Like, he, he's a good depth player, good rotational, valuable guy. He can play guard, left guard. He can play center. But he's a good backup, and that's what he's paid at, $2.5 million this year. Ryan Jensen is a tone setter. You have him and Robert Hunt next to each other on your offensive line, and you, you know you're cooking with grease there, man. So I, I, I'm with you, man. That, that would be a great move, Ryan Jensen. Well, think about it, right? I think Dieter. I think if you don't make a big splash at left guard, I think Dieter is your left guard. I think he's going to be better at that position than Austin Jackson is, bro. I think it would be Zion Johnson. <laughs> yeah, from Boston College, right? But I'm I'm just saying, like you know, that would. You know he can actually, he can actually compete at that, and I think has a chance. Austin Jackson, I think same thing with Eichenberg. If they hold on to Eichenberg, dude, I see all these people. You know, you know how frustrated. Be on the team, but backup exactly. Oh, kick him to right guard, right tackle. It's like it's not that easy. He's it's not Madden where he just added the player. This guy struggled so badly at his natural left tackle position. Now you think he's going to be able to lead with his right hand, make his first step with his right foot, and lead with the right side of his body like no problem. Come on, man. He's not even a good enough athlete. You know what I mean? As impressed as I was with. Phillips, Waddle, and Holland, I was equally as disappointed in Eichenberg because I thought that the the Notre Dame offensive line had a great pedigree when it came to the NFL. He was rock solid, four-year starter, didn't give up many sacks, like was tough-ass dude, playing games with his eyeball, like swole up in his head. And like I, I was shocked by how he consistently got whipped. And I do think coaching matters and, and you have your, your rookie growing pains, but I saw a lot more than that. And I mean, he was just getting dominated and like there's some level of talent there. So that's where I'm, I, I truly believe. But he doesn't have the anchor to kick inside. Yeah. That's the issue now. I think between a Dieter and Eichenberg and an Austin Jackson, that one of those guys is going to be the weak link starting offensive lineman on this team. I, I, I just think that you can't go for sign or trade and draft four new linemen. Can't you can and, and can't think of it. All I do is go and I sign Jensen, I sign Daniels or Tomlinson to play left guard. Guard, then I go out and um, you know, I either trade for Lyle Collins or I just throw the money at um, a Taron Armstead, and then the tackle that I don't like. Let's say I throw the money at Taron Armstead, then I can take Abe Lucas at like fifty. Well, think about this. Think about this because this is the way. Or I can take try and get penning at like 29 after I take uh trade for Lyle Collins, maybe you know. You see this. I'm just gonna play devil's advocate. Say you don't sign Taron Armstead, 
And yeah. you, this is the move you make. You trade for Lowell Collins. You sign Tomlinson. And you sign James Daniels. And you would agree that both those are $10 million a year players, right? Eight to $10 million, But I'm gonna, I'll go on the higher end. So for those three starters, you pay $30 million, right? Like, Armstead alone is going to cost you 20 So if you're going to go Armstead and Lake and Tomlinson, just say, you could get three high-quality starters for the price of two where none of them are Armstead's level. But from right to left, you could have Leo Collins, Robert Hunt, James Daniels, Lake and Tomlinson, and – Obviously, you're gonna have a, a weaker player at left tackle, but you it's, could sign you could sign like Eric Fisher for cheap. Yeah, yeah. I mean, or look, man, maybe they fucking could work a miracle without Austin Jackson. I I don't know. Like he looked good two years ago. He looked awful last year. But maybe if he's the well, weaker, I'd be more I'd be more willing to try Austin Jackson that starting left tackle than Eichenberg at either starting tackle. Yeah, right, for sure. So like, if you think of it in that scenario, right, like. That's a much better offensive line. Now you didn't get the big fish in Taron Armstead, but you get you. I mean, Ryan Jensen's a top five center. Um, Lakin Thomas is a pro goal left guard. I, I mean, I didn't give you Jensen. Who did I did? I, I did. Oh, Lel Collins is a Pro Bowl level right tackle. James Daniel hasn't been a Pro Bowl center yet, but that's where his natural position. He was a good player, and Thomason just made the Pro Bowl at left guard. I mean, like, there's a lot of ways that this can go, and there's there's players that are not as good as the guys we're naming. Brian Allen, Connor Williams, uh, Roger Saffold just got yeah. released. Ben Jones from Tennessee. I had, Bri I had Brian Allen on my top, uh, and like number 13 or 12 on my top 15 targets. Well, and, and a guy that I've watched here in Baltimore that's a good player that I don't think is going to cost as much as some of these guys is Bradley Bozeman, another Bama guy. Like, mm -hmm. he's a guy that you, it might cost you seven, eight million dollars a year, but. You know, he was really good in Baltimore for a few years. So, I, I, you know, there's names out there that are that go beyond the big names we have. But, I mean, that's going to be the fun part, man, is like that when Adam Schefter and uh, Ian Rappaport are hopping on the TV with this breaking news. I mean, that's as fun as it gets, man. When do you, when do you, when do you foresee the first – when do you see the first big news trickling down Monday? Right out of the gates, man. You know it. I mean, yeah, I, we'll know some stuff going on Monday. We'll hear rumors. But, yeah. The NFL no, tampering legal tampering windows open. The Monday. NFL never fails to deliver. Every time we have that, dude, like five deals come and you're refreshing your Twitter. Twitter will probably break a couple times over the course of the day. I'll be going live at 2 a.m. because they just like signed a whole new offensive line two hours in right. the agency. But it, it's going to be, I mean, look, Cameron Wolf has done a really good job covering the Dolphins for the NFL network mm -hmm. and, and ESPN. And ESPN. And he just—I I think he did a really good job of setting the stage for what the Dolphins' plans are, and you know that it, it's the right approach. And you know, like, look, Emmanuel Ogbo was a good football player here for a while, two years, really good years. But like, we have to sacrifice something to fix this offense, right? Because I, I don't want the fandom to start switching. Like, we should never let Ogba go. You can't like say build a wall for two and get him weapons and then complain when Emmanuel Ogba leaves. You got to pick your poison. And look, Emmanuel Agua had two really good years in Miami. But before that, you know, he was a disappointment. And, you know, it, su it sucks. But you he, knew when that Landry contract came down, it was over. But... It was over. I mean, you can't pay him $17, 18000000 million a year. You know no. why? Because he's not that player. No. I, I'm fine with like 13 to 15 for Agba. Yeah. But me once too. we start talking over 15, I got issues. I'm out. I'm out on him. I think he's going to be overpriced. And Drew Rosenhaus I, is a great If agent. he would have given me back-to-back -back 12 or 13 sack seasons, cool. We would have been talking about 
over 15 million, but yeah, I, I just don't think you can do it because you also got to think, man, you got to think ahead here, right? We're going to have to pay Wilkins. We're going to have to pay Tua if he pans out. Van Ginkle. All these guys, like, there's going to be a lot of money. And our window to win is kind of now. And, and why I say that is because our starting corners are both approaching 30 years old. And, you know, like, this is the, the team that the Dolphins need to really get moving. Like, I think this year next year is really the window for them to take that next step. Yeah, I agree. But man, um, I, I can't wait for the news to start coming out uh, midnight on on a Monday morning. I think I'll you know I'll be up refreshing, waiting for news to drop. Like we'll know a lot this weekend though. Like it's going to be action packed with cuts. Um, you know, look, the Dolphins might make a trade. The Dolphins might sign a mark. Like there's going to be a lot of stuff that could happen here in the next few days. I just I, I'm waiting to see the cuts. So we I want to know the kind of money we're playing with. Yeah, me too. I have no you know idea. What I mean? Yeah, like right that's now, what I'm most interested in. Right now, though, the reality is we can get anyone we want. Um, they have to want to come here too, but we have the money to make that happen. So, Chris Greer and Mike McDaniel have alluded that they're going to be aggressive. I, I think they've said that verbatim. Like they have the a Dolphins. Plan. Dolphins Twitter getting impatient. They were calling for Greer when all these moves were happening because they were kind of uh, the you know Twitter world was kind of shook by what Khalil Mack went for, right? Yeah, I, you know what though? Like, look, think about this, right? Because everyone's like, him and Joey Bosa are going to cook together, right? And Mac was hurt last year, but wasn't Robert Quinn the best player on that defense last year, right? Didn't he have like 18 and a half sacks, 19 sacks? Like, <laughs> I, I, I like Khalil Mack and he's a good football player, but like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I would have been happy giving up our second rounder for him. I really don't. Do you expect to start hearing cuts? I expect to start hearing them tomorrow, Saturday. Tomorrow so, Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, I starting this weekend for sure. Yeah. Um, go ahead. But here's the thing we got to realize. The Dolphins are, are so far under the cap. Like, a lot of teams have to start making caps cuts. The Dolphins don't. Like, they can, they're under the cap. They're good to go. So they can start signing people, and if they get people that they had on the radar that they didn't think they are then they can make other moves to kind of do that, right? Because they're, they're, they're allowed to be kind of dangerous. So in reality, the Dolphins don't have to cut anybody right now. Let me ask you this. What do you expect? This is a good thing I wanted to talk about, too. I forgot. What do you expect with the free agent market uh, in regards to receivers? Remember how last year we expected it to be bloated and, and quick pace, and it was really slow? And then Galladay was really the one who held up for money, and like Juju only went for like $8 million per year. We got Will Fuller really cheap, but obviously not cheap by what we ended up getting for him. What do you, do you expect the wide receiver market to be a bit more fast-moving? No, I think it's going to be slow. I think Allen Robinson will get signed pretty quick. I think Beckham probably re-signs at the Rams. And I think after that, it's going to be slow. I, I think you're going to get bargains more than you have to break the bank for guys. Um, I, I, yeah, I like. I, I think I think like Robinson probably goes day one. But after that, like a guy like Juju Smith's probably a guy who's going to make it a week maybe without even getting the contract. Like I, I truly believe that the market – I know there's guys like Byron Pringle out there, Cedric Wilson – like DJ Shark, I, I I don't know, like because because you know it, it's going to be interesting and there's other priorities and I, I think the market is going to be pretty slow for the receivers. Um, I think it's going to be really slow for the running backs uh, as usual. Um, I think the line offensive linemen are going to go fast and I think pass rushers like guys like Hassan Reddick is probably going to get a deal pretty quickly. And then I'd be shocked if teams aren't already 
ready to break the bank for JC Jackson. 26 yeah. years old. That guy has no business being on the market. I, I know. As brilliant as the Patriots are, I don't understand how you let JC Jackson leave. I, I, I don't. Because if you think about it, right, Devin McCourty's not getting younger. They just cut Van Noy. I mean, Hightower's a free agent. Like, they're losing a lot on that defense. And Look, as a Dolphins fan, I am ecstatic that J.C. Jackson is going to hopefully get out of our division. Or if he stays in the division, you know, he's wearing the colors that I'm wearing, right? But, like, <laughs> we'll see what happens. But, like, the fact that the Patriots are going to let him go and only get a third-round pick, compensatory pick for him more than likely, to me, is probably, like, one of the most kind of, I guess, shocking moves of the whole free agent offseason here so far. All right. Um, before we get out of here, Neil, any final thoughts, buddy? No, man, I, I, I can't wait. Um, a couple more sleeps till we start hearing a lot of this news. But, you know, it, it's going to be, I mean, like, I, I don't see how the Dolphins don't add three to four quality starters. And when I say quality starters, I think they could add three to four players that when you head into the season are the top ten players on their roster. They have a really young team. Um, I think the three rookies, Waddle, Holland, and Phillips are already there. Um, I'm trying, you know, thinking out loud, Xavier Howard's obviously there. Um, Christian Wilkins has probably elevated his game to be there. Um, second half of the season, Jerome Baker, maybe, but not the first half, but like Byron Jones is probably there, but like, you know, like they, they, they've kind of got a really young core and they need some of those veteran leadership. So, you know, when I, when I say that, you know, you go out and add two starting offense alignment and Amari Cooper and potentially add a linebacker. I mean, then you're cooking, you know, you're cooking when it comes to the draft because, you know, I think at worst you're getting a starter in the first and second round next year. Um, so, so think about just adding six quality to high quality to potential star players to a roster that's won you know 19 football games over the last two years. You know, I, I'm pretty excited about it, man. And um, you know, the good news is that our boy, who's in the background right now, Tua Tungavaloa, is going to really finally get that fair shake. I, I think that's what we're going to get to see this year that, you know, the people that are anti Tua, you know, I hope he proves them wrong. The people that are pro Tua, I hope he proves us right because this is a huge, I mean, this is a, a season where the Miami Dolphins are at the crossroads because the quarterback that they've wanted for since Marino retired fell into their lap at five without having them having to trade up. And it's been up and down. He's won football games. He hasn't played to the level we all anticipated. The real draft Knicks that scrub the tape, that really follow this, he hasn't. But we all know he, he hasn't played his best football in Miami. When we see that next year, because I think we're going to see the best Tua in the pros next year, where does he fall in that chart? If he's a top 15 guy and it's bona fide, then you keep moving forward with him. He's only going to get better, right? But if he doesn't, like – you know, I have to mention this picks. because we got to cover this team objectively. If if people want us, you know, I, I can't just be a unicorn farting rainbows all day. Like, if he doesn't deliver, the reason we have all that draft capital next year is because then we have a plan to go get a guy. And I don't know if it's one of the young guys in a draft. I don't know if it's traded picks for a guy like Derek Carr. I have no idea what that looks like. But like, this is a huge year for the Miami Dolphins. With the current regime, with a new coach, like they've done everything in the offseason to stand by Tua. If they back that up with the the line and the receivers, they tag Gasicki. Like if they give him all the ingredients to make a Michelin star meal, 
he's got to do it. He's got to be Gordon Ramsay, right? Like he's got to be that guy. And I, 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 I bet on him. Uh, I bet on him. I, I think, man, I can't wait. I can't wait to see what this team looks like next week when we're on the show. I, I, I like. I mean, it's Christmas morning for us. Well, fans. well, you're not only betting on him. You're betting on the people that McDaniel. You know, you're betting on Mike McDaniel and the and the people that Mike McDaniel has surrounded Tua with. You know, like I hated. You know me. I hated the Gase. You know me. I loathed the Gase and the Philbin comparisons to McDaniel. I thought they were lazy. Yeah. I thought they were awful. I thought they were terrible. But what did I say, Neil? The one Gase thing that I wanted. McDaniel the show was remember how badly Gase defended and went to bat for Ryan Tannehill sure of course he did Tua needed someone like that he needed the opposite of what he was dealing with not to be coddled but to someone to say okay this guy's got potential I can make something out of him watch me go to work and I've talked about this Neil because I know you've watched like me every single thing that McDaniel you know, every interview he's had since he's he's taken a bunch of like little slight jabs at oh for sure. the recent regime. Like, did you hear when he's at the combine with Peter I don't know Schrager? How they are man, I don't know how slight dude, they are. They're pretty- dude. Did you hear even with Peter Schrager? He even went off about you know we still think there's more explosiveness in Jalen Waddle when he gets the ball in his hands. We think there's more to explore with Jalen Waddle as a route runner. They weren't even just talking about Tua. They've been talking about other players that they feel like that were underutilized by that staff that I know I was, and you were echoing some of these players not being utilized properly by them. And this regime, you know why? Because they watched the tape, bro. Yeah, well, wait, wait. here's the most important. There's three important ingredients that I really think are, are three of the most important things about a football team. And the Dolphins are going to be better at all of them. First, we're better coached. No doubt. The roster that we have of coaches right now is night and day better than what we had last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm confident of that. Your talent, your roster. I have faith that the Dolphins are going to spend well and draft well. Mm-hmm, the so talent well. is going to be better. Because the only guy that we're losing of significance is Emmanuel Agba. And if we add six quality guys, I'm sorry, Emmanuel, you're not good enough to offset that. And then it's the quarterback position. Mm-hmm. And if the moves that we make and the coaches that – the other two ingredients make Tua better, like that is the perfect recipe to go out and win football games next year. The cool thing about I think about this new regime, this isn't a rebuild. This is you're taking us and doing the job – the last guy couldn't. Yeah. We are expecting the player. You're here to get us over the hump. Here. I don't care if Russell Wilson's in Denver. I don't care who Pittsburgh gets. At the end of the day, I believe the Dolphins are one of the seven best teams after this offseason. And Mike McDaniel has to get this team to the playoffs. And I'm not saying he's going to get fired or anything, but that is what he's been brought in here to do. He said it himself. We're not winning four or five football games this year, right? We need nine. We need 10. We need more than nine. We need 10. We need 11. We need to get into the playoffs. And we got to see what happens next week. That's the first foundational building block to that happening. But, man, with the names we're linked to, holy shit, buckle up. Well, and look at what we talked about last week. We didn't know we'd be this bad in with Ogba right now. But me and you, before we recorded uh, Fin Too Deep last week, remember we talked about how we were hearing Carl Aftis might be on the board at 29 because right. of the rising of like Jermaine Johnson and Javon Walker and such. What if Ogba walks, but Carl Aftis falls into your lap at 29? I would be, I, I would be ecstatic. That'd be Joel, stupid. 
And, dude, I'm telling you a guy, and this is a Mel Kuyper guy, Arnold Ebiketti from Penn State. Yeah. He destroyed the combine. He is a guy you might have to take him at 29, honestly. I, I actually don't think the Dolphins are taking a running back in the first two rounds anymore. I think that it's going to be wide receiver, offensive line in round one. And I think in round two, it's going to be a pass rusher. And I think in what round. What do you think three, about Boy Mafia out of. Um, oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I think he's a great player. I think he's going to be a better pro than he was collegiate player. He's got off the tarts, off the chart tools. I mean, there's guys, man. There's Majay Sanders. There's Kingsley mm-hmm. Nogbari from yeah. uh, South Carolina. There's Josh Paschal from Kentucky. I mean, there's guys on the edge, man, in round three. Round four, Cameron Thomas from San Diego State's another guy that I really like, kind of a old-school throwback meat and potatoes type player, right? Like, there's good players, man. I, I mean, like, I know we're picking at the end of the first round, and it's not the same as having the 15th pick of the draft. I actually think in a effed-up way that might benefit the Dolphins because they're not going to have to outsmart themselves. Take the best player on your Available. board that falls. Like, if Tyler Linderbaum is there – and that's who we pick, man. I'm going to pick up my cell phone and call you, and I'm going to pound a beer with you over the phone because I'm ecstatic to get Tyler Linderbaum. I'm ecstatic to get Zion Johnson. Zion Johnson is going to be a Pro Bowl guard for many years in this league. Kenyon Green. Green will be too. Any of yeah. those six, seven receivers that we've all talked about. Like N'Kobe Dean. Like somebody is going to be there, and the Dolphins are going to get a steal because if you look at anyone's boards, right, Players fall every year that don't get anticipated, right? Because now there's a different dynamic. I've heard Malik Willis is going to the top six picks of the draft. I agree with that. Yeah, I, I figured as much. Seattle needs a quarterback at nine. They love Matt Corral. I would never do it. They might need to do it, right? Minnesota, like they're a sleeper for a quarterback, right? Because Kirk Cousins is done after this year, right? Could they go quarterback? The Steelers need one. Like, Three or four quarterbacks are going to go, and that's going to push them. Because I don't have a quarterback in my top 30 players. I think I have Malik Willis maybe at 30. Mm. So, like, like Kenny Pickett's probably going to go before we pick. I wouldn't take Kenny Pickett in the third round. I don't, I'm, I'm not a Pickett fan, bro. I'm not yeah, a I, fan. I, don't, I don't like him. But, like, that's the thing. Like, good players are going to fall. And then same thing for round two because, like, you can't – like. There's more than 50 good players in this draft, right? So when you get to the pick number 50, if Brees Hall's on the board, that's the guy you want. Go get him. Yeah. But like, if there's a linebacker there, Brees is going to be gone though. By the yeah, I know. But like, it's it's fun, man. Like, Brees might Brees Brees is going to might go top 25, top 20 after his after his combine, bro. Well, you know, a cheap plug for a non-sponsor, and I should reach out to these guys because I've had good dialogue with them. You know who reached out to me today? Actually, I got an email before we went live. Manscaped. Oh, nice. Cool. Anyways, yeah, continue going. So right, here, yeah. here's the thing. When I get this bad boy in the mail, the Lindy's draft guide, that's when I get my draft season vibes going, right? And that's, that's where, cool. like, you know, so, like, right now, though, I'm not even worried about the draft because. Got to take care of free agency first. What we can do next week is way more impactful for this team and this franchise than what we can do at the draft. Just the amount of resources we have, so. We appreciate everyone coming out and listening this week. It's going to be fun. We'll be back here next week. I have a feel we're going to be doing a lot of the hooting and hollering, little celebrating an old school hoot nanny or something because yeah. I know that we're going to do something good, man. And, yeah. I, and I really have faith. If if we don't land like the players we're talking about, I'd be shocked if we don't land a couple of them. I really would be. And, guys, if you want to listen to us on Spotify, Stitcher, 
um, Google Podcasts, iTunes. The link is in the description of every YouTube video I do. So it's in the description of uh, this show. Um, and obviously, if you are listening to us on Spotify or Google Play right now, go check me out on Finside the NFL at YouTube. But also, leave us a five-star review. Leave us good feedback. It helps us with our friend Al Gorithm. Um, appreciate uh, you doing this tonight on Finside the NFL. It's just, we're going to be uploading this. This is going to be the episode our listeners get um, on our podcast. Man, a solid episode. I uh, really enjoyed it, man. And we'll be back next week. Um, on the podcast outlets. Until then, everyone stay happy, healthy, safe, and blessed. Until we dive back in, fin too deep next week. You already know what time it is. Fin's up all day, every day, baby. <laughs>